Good morning. It's good to see all of you here today. Before we turn to the word, I would like to pray. We're going to pray for Ukraine as well. At 11 o'clock, there's going to be a, a, the venue will be available. If you would like to go there and pray, you can stay for a few minutes. You can stay for the whole hour. Um, you can pray by yourself. You can pray with others. We realize that the war in Ukraine affects us in a lot of different ways. Some of you in this church have been to Ukraine. Some of you have friends who are currently in Ukraine. Uh, you may have uh, friends, family members who are deployed to that area of the world. One of my best buddies is over there right now. And so in times like this, when we are helpless, we go above everybody's head straight to God and we ask him to do what we could never do. And so would you pray along as I lead us in prayer? Lord, we thank you that every situation, every dark moment, you are active and working among us. We trust you. We rest in you. We rest in the knowledge that you have the power to move in every situation. As you read in the Psalms, you make wars cease to the end of the earth. You break the bow. You shadow the spear and burn the chariots with fire. And so we ask that you would intervene in this war that's now raging in Ukraine. We ask you to bring a strong and lasting peace. We pray for world leaders. We read in Proverbs 21 that the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. You turn it wherever you wish. And so we pray for world leaders in Russia, Ukraine, Asia, Europe, and America who are making decisions that affect the lives of so many. God, humble them, move their hearts to peace, move their hearts to find an alternative to war. We pray for the people of Ukraine who are experiencing the horrors of this war. Guard and protect life, shelter them, provide for them, comfort and strengthen those whose lives have already been devastated by this war. We ask that they would know not only peace on earth, but your true and unwavering peace in Christ Jesus. We pray for the, the Ukrainian church, give our brothers and sisters in that nation courage in this hour that they might proclaim the good news of your kingdom. May they find opportunities to hold out the good news of Christ who offers perfect peace in a world that offers none. We pray that they would help bind up the hearts that are broken and comfort those who mourn. We pray for pastors, church leaders, and missionaries who are serving the Ukrainian people daily. We ask that you would protect them, take away their fear, give them the strength and resolve to continue serving and the boldness to share the message of Christ. God, give them everything that they need to stand firm against the evil that faces them now. We pray for our troops from Fort Riley and from elsewhere who are deployed to Poland and to other parts of Eastern Europe. May these uh, our friends, family members, brothers and sisters in Christ, be safe. Give peace to them. Give peace to their families back here at home. Father, may your kingdom come and your will be done, Ukraine and Russia and that entire region of the world. Father, we know that you can do exceedingly beyond all that we ask or imagine. And so we pray, we ask, we ask these things in faith, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, over the course of this morning, eight people are going to be baptized. Uh, one 
person was baptized in the first service. We have three in this service and four in the 11 o'clock service that are going to be baptized. And in preparation for this baptism, I want us to think about the significance of believer's baptism. And when we say believer's baptism, it refers to someone who is baptized after they have already believed in Jesus Christ. And no doubt many of you, perhaps most of you here today, have seen a baptism either here at Faith or, or elsewhere that's very similar to this, this believer's baptism. Uh, perhaps others of you have never seen a believer's baptism. But whatever the case, I'd like for you to, to, to go with me here, okay? I would like for you to imagine what it would be like if you have come here today and you've never even heard the word baptism, okay? Maybe you just came for the coffee, you, you, but you have no idea what is about to, to happen here, what you're about to experience. And so here's your experience. You come in, you sit down, you sing some songs, you pray some prayers, you listen to me, give a short talk, and then you look at the screen, and these eight people each tell you just a little little piece of their story about how they came to put their faith in Jesus Christ. And then the screen comes up, and it really starts to get interesting, because you realize there's water back there. There is a tub back there with water in it, and you can hardly believe your eyes when people start walking down the stairs into the water, okay, one after the other. And then one of these persons in, in the water uh, makes a, a series of very fierce affirmations, commitments about following Jesus Christ. And then something happens that you will probably never forget, something very unusual, something, something very, very unforgettable. That person grabs their wrist with the other hand, and the other person, you're not ready for this, this other person lowers them into the water, I mean, all the way into the water, and then they stand up out of the water, and everybody cheers. And you're looking around going, what is happening here? Why would anybody allow somebody else to put them under the water like that? What is going on? Well, then, biblically, there would be a number of ways we could answer that question, but one way to answer it is to say that the person being baptized is declaring, I am not ashamed of the gospel. The person being baptized is saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel, this message about Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, when I believe the gospel, something so profound, so miraculous happened to me that I just have to go public about it. I have to express that I believe the gospel the same way people have ever since the first century by being baptized. And so you may recognize this statement, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's from Romans 1, 16. And that's the verse we're going to talk about briefly here for a few moments uh, before the baptism. But this is a statement that the apostle Paul made. <clears throat> And here it is. Paul says, For I am not ashamed <clears throat> of the gospel. <clears throat> Note to self, don't sing loud all three services. You can't talk. He <clears throat> says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. If you read the preceding verses, you see that, that Paul tells the, the church at Rome, 
He says, I am thankful for you. I pray for you unceasingly. I want to come visit you because I want to preach the gospel to you. Paul said, I want to preach the gospel to those of you who are already believers. I want you to understand it more deeply. To those of you who don't yet, have you never heard it, I want to explain the gospel to you. And here he tells why he is so passionate about preaching the gospel. <clears throat> and notice that Paul makes a negative statement, right? He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He could have said it positively, I am proud of the gospel. I glory in the gospel. And elsewhere, in other places, he actually put it that way. In Galatians 6.14, Paul said, I boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. But by writing, I am not ashamed of the gospel, he's addressing any suspicion that he might be embarrassed or ashamed about this message about Jesus that, that, uh, that he was wanted to preach in a place like Rome. Because Rome was the most cosmopolitan, the most sophisticated place in the entire Roman, arm, Roman Empire. And the term gospel simply means good news. And so the gospel is an announcement. It's a proclamation. It's a declaration of something. And here it refers to the gospel of God, refers to this message that Jesus Christ, who existed with God from eternity past, he took on flesh and blood and lived among us. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. He was buried. On the third day, he rose bodily from the dead. A short time later, he went back to heaven to the presence of his heavenly father where he is enthroned at God's right hand. So he's in the place of power and might. And so Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's what Paul believed. That's what many of us here today believe. That's what the people being baptized believe. But Paul was aware it was true in his day and it's also true in our day that many people find that message uh, foolish. They find it foolishness. And we say it is foolish to believe that one man who lived about 2,000 years ago in a remote part of the world, in a, in a small village in the Middle East, that his life and death has anything to do with my eternal destiny. Other people think that it's arrogant, this message. You mean to tell me that out of all the religions there, that there are, out of all the, the good ways that people have chosen to live, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so Paul understood that, and we need to understand it as well. But that did not make him embarrassed. It did not make him ashamed of the gospel. He never wanted to hide it. Why? He says, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It doesn't matter whether you're Jewish or whether you're Gentile. It does not matter. And so he says, I'm not ashamed of this because this is how God powerfully brings salvation, not to everyone, but to everyone who believes anywhere in the world. So here we are. We're in the middle of Kansas. I mean, we're a world away from where this was written. And yet it is the power of God for all who believe. It's a power, it powerfully brings salvation. Now, if you hear that the first time, uh, you might think, wait, what do you mean? I don't need to be saved from everything. Well, Scripture teaches and experience confirms that every single one of us needs to be saved from our sin. We sin by nature and by choice. You don't have to teach somebody to sin. We just do it naturally, right? And we learn it well. We learn it more and more over time. And so the Bible talks about sin in, in a lot of different images. In, in uh, Isaiah 1, it talks about sin as an incurable disease that affects us from head to toe. 
And Romans 6 talks about sin as a crime that is so serious that it earns us a death penalty. In uh, Matthew 18, Jesus talked about sin as a crushing debt that we can never repay. And the message of the gospel is that Jesus, by his death and resurrection, has addressed this dreadful condition of sin. You put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will be healed of this disease of sin. You will be taken off of death row that your sin deserves. The debt that you could never repay will be forgiven in full. You never have to think about it again. And so everyone who believes is fully alive in Christ Jesus. And so that's why Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. That's why those being baptized here today are not ashamed of the gospel. And they're declaring as much by being baptized. And we don't have time to look at it today, but if you look over in Romans 6, Paul suggests that baptism is like an acted out parable. Paul said that if you've been baptized into Christ Jesus, everything that happened to him happens to you. you have, if you've been baptized into Christ, you've been baptized into his, into his death, you've been baptized into his burial. Not only that, you have been baptized into his resurrection. And so when you see people being put under the water, that symbolizes, they go under the water, it symbolizes they have died and been buried with Christ. They come up out of the water, symbolizes that they have raised, been raised spiritually just as Jesus was raised bodily. They've been raised to a new way of life. And that's why we cheer, that's why we celebrate, because someone who was once dead in their sin is now alive to God in Christ Jesus. The story is told of a, a church in Africa. They were in the middle of a, a terrible drought and they didn't have water for a baptism. And so what did they do? They, they put a coffin on the stage, okay? And so instead of being baptized, a person would walk up on the stage and lay down in the coffin, symbolize they have died. They've been buried with Christ. You ever seen somebody sit up out of a coffin? I have in a movie, I've never seen it in person, but when the person sits up and then gets to their feet, feet, it's a way of saying, and I have been raised with Christ to a new way of life. And so baptism is an acted out parable of what has happened to someone spiritually. And so those that are being baptized are saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. As a matter of fact, I love the gospel and I want my family and my friends and my acquaintances to know that, that, that the gospel and that it is the power of God for them, for everyone who believes. And when you think about it, we would not be having baptisms today if these eight people's family and friends and acquaintances had been ashamed of the gospel, if they had been embarrassed about this message and, and didn't share it with them. And that's a great reminder to every one of us who believes. And so in a couple of minutes, we're going to hear excerpts of the stories of all eight being baptized. And in this service, we have three. Evan O'Connor is going to be baptized by his parents, Brent and Julie. Lily Wassell is going to be baptized by her friend, Cameron. And then Macy Goodyear is going to be baptized by her granddad, by Ken. And so before we, we have the baptisms and before we look at the testimonies, I want to read the, the affirmations that they will be making. The affirmations for the kids, 
the younger ones are a little bit different. They're, they express the same thing, but they're simpler. But here are the questions that each, uh, each person will be asked. And they're, they're in your bulletin as well. But they'll be asked, trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of evil in the world? And the person responds, I renounce them. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love? I do. Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? I will, with God's help. And then after the person is baptized, uh, you will be asked, as the church, people of God, what is our response? And then this is what we want you to say out loud. And so we're going to practice it now, okay, so that you can say it like you, like you mean it when it's the real thing. So people of God, what is our response? We receive you into the family of God. Live and proclaim the gospel of Christ and share with us in life everlasting. Thank you. Now, if you're going to be baptized, if you're baptizing someone, please uh, join me in the, the changing area. The rest of you, you can turn your attention to the screen. Hi, my name is Andrew, and uh, I am eight years old. My birthday is September 30th, and I and I do homeschool. When I was three or four, uh, and I said, "I, Mom, how do I get to heaven?" And Mom answered, "Um, well, do you believe Jesus died on the cross?" Yeah, and I said yes. Do you believe Jesus stayed dead? No. Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Okay. Let's go tell Dad you you you're believing in Jesus. Okay. That God showed you. That is mercy. I want to get baptized so the church can see I'm a believer in God. I love him because he died on the cross and saved him by promotion. And I like him also because he is the savior of everyone and the king of the world. The first time I put my faith in Christ would probably be when I came to K-State. Um, I grew up in just a very strong Christian household and so um, being able to see that as an example was amazing and stuff, but I think overall it was never my own. Like, and so um, I think just being able to come by myself, like here to K-State and live on my own, like I was able to kind of experience life in a whole new different way. The biggest difference is how I see things. I would say there's definitely my eyes have been opened and I can see just God working every single day in my life and I just think I give all thanks to him. Two people that have been really influential in my life too is just my parents, um, Rachel and Dan, and then also my brother and sister-in-law, Logan and Michaela. Um, they have been there for me just since the beginning and Cameron, my small group leader who will be baptizing me today. Um, Marlott Sixth Floor, as of right now just in my life, I would say First Peter 1, 6 through 7 have been pretty impactful and just knowing that we are called to praise 
um, and glorify and honor the Lord in all that we do. And so I think that's just kind of reigned true in my life right now. And I think that's something I want to continue on and just uh, pursue in my life. My name is Evan O'Connor. I am 10 years old and I am homeschooled. I remember I was reading my Bible and like, I had gotten a little one from a program I do at WANA and I was reading that night and I realized I only wanted to be a Christian because I wanted to go to heaven. But um, then I realized I wanted to do it because I need God because he really like impacts my life and he will help me through hard situations, good situations. Um, I want people to know that I want to be a Christian because um, I struggle with a lot of things, anxiety and all that kind of thing. And so I want to have him help me day by day, make the right decisions and stuff. And he's always there. So I want him to be there to help me. I would like to thank my parents because no matter what situation we're in, they show me deep love and care, just like I think God would. And they really modeled Jesus to me and they were a big part of why I want to become a Christian because I think if Jesus was a person, they would be it. It's been a lifelong process um, and I don't have an exact date or time or event. Um, probably um, growing up, I was not active in the church. Um, I would go to church, but it wasn't for God. It was for more kind of everyday routine and everyday um, acceptance for the community. And five years ago, between five and six and a half years ago, I um, had an internal desire to start um, knowing more about God. I wasn't certain if um, I would be accepted in a church or with God because I'd been away from the community and been away from probably a distance from God for quite a few years and maybe never had the relationship that I thought I should have. The largest thing I learned was that I could be accepted the way I am and then learn more as I live life. Just basically have fellowship and other Christians to introduce me to a lifestyle I had never lived before. Um, it, was, it was challenging because I felt like I was an outsider and they made me feel like that I was part of the community. So um, until I came to college, my faith was kind of something that I had thought about, but it was never something I could like really truly wrap my head around. Um, it was really hard for me to understand that someone could love me for all of me and I was made in their image, um, especially someone who sacrificed their life for my mistakes. Um, and then I came to college. I met amazing godly people. When I first came to college, I was definitely a rough bottom. Um, I was searching for joy and contentment and fulfillment in places that I wasn't going to find it. The more I started leaning into His Word and learning more about Him, the more at peace I started to feel. Um, I had finally found that joy and contentment and fulfillment in place in Him um, that I had been searching for my whole life. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 has been really valuable to me because it shows that um, now that I have accepted Christ, I am a new creation and I have a new life and God has truly um, held true to His Word. Alex Bayless and Amber Vinson, um, and they 
really took the time to pour into me and disciple me and answer all of my tough questions. Um, and they genuinely cared about um, my eternity. Um, and so they made a huge impact on my life and they'll actually be baptizing me. My name is Macy Goodyear. I'm eight years old. I'm in third grade and I go to Sharon Elementary School in Junction City, Kansas. It wasn't really a certain time when I put my faith in Jesus. Um, it's been lots, it's been over time. I want to be baptized because Jesus died on the cross for us and I want to share Jesus' love with everyone. My favorite thing about church is listening to Pastor Steve say all the Bible verses and me getting to write them down in my journal. Psalms 91.2 I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I would like to thank my mom and my dad and my grandparents. I first put my faith in Christ on October 10, 2021. Growing up, I was like there, involved um, with two parents, um, involved in the church, being on worship team, serving back home, um, never really owning that. Um, junior and senior year of high school, I began to um, 